Friends beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster. Who, uh, like, I, for some reason, I thought about cleaning out my cupboards, uh, and then I, it's, uh, then I said, "Old Mother Hubbard," and I said, "No, no, did you mishear me, brain?" I said, huh, "Later, we should clean out our cupboards," and I said, "Then my, that's when my, that's my, literally how my brain responded, Old Mother Hubbard," but I said, "When you need a word that rhymes with cupboard, uh, I guess that's why they came up with that name." And I'm sure every Hubbard out there feels great about it. Whether you know, what, what about uh, young young Miss Hubbard? She says, "Well, yeah, thanks. Like, uh, I, I like hearing the name Hubbard too, and a popular name." Uh, but uh, we, you know, and they say, "Wait a second, uh, Hibbert and Hubbard, uh, Hibbert from The Simpsons." But anyway, if you're confused, you see this guy doesn't know his Hubbard from his Bubbard from his Tubbard. And I'd say, well, those are like his Hibbert from his Bibbert. And I say, you're right about that because it's time for sleep with me. The podcast that's here to keep you company, take your mind off stuff so you could get the sleep you need and you deserve. I make the show because you deserve a place you can get some rest. Now, this podcast does not work for everybody. So give it a few tries. See how it goes. That's that's just the uh, thing from regular listeners. They say, I didn't like you the first time I listened. So if that's your reaction right now. You might become a regular listener. You might not either, but I'm here to help. Uh, if you don't like the show, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But yeah, we're going to do uh, some support for the show. Then there'll be a nice meandering intro and uh, the, the things will flow from there. But I'm here to keep you company so that you can fall asleep and ease you into bedtime. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. And I'm going to do the rest. Uh, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts you're thinking about, about the past, the present, the future, thoughts about yesterday, today, or tomorrow. I usually have all of those thoughts uh, all of the time. And uh, it's just how, you know, they say it's how I'm wired. I say, can you remove that then? Because... Uh, you say, well, you could do a little rewiring there. And I say, yeah, I'm not good at that kind of stuff, though. But, you know, I have a lot of thoughts, uh, feelings. Maybe feelings are coming up for you, emotions related to those thoughts or that are just there. It could be physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine. Uh, my dog has just joined us, not in the studio. I, uh, actually, she just poked her head in. That's rare. Uh, I called her. It uh, like normally I don't uh, break the break the doggy the doggy door, uh, but Cole came downstairs, which you didn't hear that part because you could hear it. But so I stopped record, like I stopped talking, so we could cut that out. And then she was looking for me because she likes to be in the same room as me at all times, if at if at all possible, which is so cute. But she she doesn't really like listening to me record the podcast. I think because it's she knows I'm engaged with something else, not with her. 
So it's not often, even though, like, I record right outside of our bedroom where she sleeps uh, on her bed, I sleep on mine, and her bed is just waiting. She doesn't actually use her bed except that she co-fouls some uh, sleep hygiene. She only uses her bed for sleeping uh, and bathing herself. uh. Oh, but what was they saying? Whatever's keeping you awake, it could be a dog bathing or a cat bathing. I've heard that, you know, pets making noise. Uh, Maybe you got a fish going glub, glub, glub. Well, there's another pet idea, a fish named glub. Uh, that what what was that? Well, that was Scooter's ode to a fish called Wanda. It didn't uh, it didn't work. It was called a fish called Glub, and it didn't have any. It actually uh, it didn't go anywhere. He never wrote it. He just wrote the title, like most things he does. He called it a fish called Glub. Um, oh, where was I though? I was trying to make a sleep podcast. So whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of it and keep you company so you could fall asleep. And the reason I make the show is twofold. One, you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could get some rest, a bedtime you don't dread, a bedtime you feel neutral about or you even look forward to. You deserve the rest you need so your life is more manageable. And I hope that this show can provide it for you. It doesn't work for everybody, but give it a few tries. That's what most regular listeners say. Hey, it took two or three tries, and I'll explain all that coming up here. Uh, But whether you listen to this show or you could check out, there's a lot of other sleep podcasts and sleepy audio at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Uh, Whatever it is, uh, like I hope you find something and you get the rest you need because that's really what it comes down to because the other side of the twofold is that I know how it feels and so do a lot of other people that are listening. We might not know exactly what you're going through. But myself and a lot of other people can relate to it, how it feels in the deep, dark night. Uh, I've had, like, last night I slept, I thought I slept good, but I did not wake up feeling good. But I'm just getting over, you could hear it in my creaky dulcet tones. I'm just getting over something, but um, it seemed like I thought I was over it. And then this morning I woke up, but I, I slept good last night. The night before I slept, not good. But then when I looked at my sleep statistics... Last night, I didn't sleep good. It was one of those nights where emotionally I felt good sleeping, but according to my body, it said, and it didn't do anything for me, which could be confusing. Not, you know, we don't have to, um, but what was I even talking? Oh, well, the reason I make the show is, yeah, you deserve a good night's sleep, and a lot of us know how it feels there. That's why I call it the deep, dark night, and that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. That means I'm going to go off topic, I'm going to get mixed up, and then I'm going to double back. Then I'm going to repeat myself, then I'll pause, I'll get confused, then I'll go on a tangent. All to keep you company and help you fall asleep is really why I make this show. As I said, uh, what what other things do you need to know if you're new? Uh, this can be confusing. Like I said, uh, it, it's not a normal podcast. Even for even though this was like kind of the first uh, sleep podcast, it's very different than most things you'd expect to put you to sleep. Not a dude rambling with a like a voice that make it's like yeah, this not bad, but I wouldn't call you comforting. And I'd say you're right, correct. Uh, So if you're skeptical or doubtful or confused, let me give you some more information. One, this is a podcast that you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention. Paying attention is optional. 
And even though I'm trying to make sense and put things together, like uh, it doesn't like that's not my, you know, my forte is will forte, not putting uh, making putting sentences together. I'm a bit of a bumbler. So uh, I don't even know. my. Oh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. Just like something out of focus or one of those 3D, those old fashioned 3D things you would say, don't look at. Remember those things? It comes up on the podcast every once in a while. Because it is an apt thing. It was probably in the 90s or the aughts. And I've seen it come back. I saw somebody recently sent me one. But they were called, it was called 3D art. uh, And I think it was computer generated. And it looked like weird space pixels or something. And then if you stared at it in the right way, you you would see a 3D dolphin. 90% of the time it was a dolphin. Trying to think of any other things I've saw. Like, like if I've successfully seen a 3D art, it's only been dolphins. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen in 3D art. But uh, like it would be like uh, I don't know how the. I guess at least uh, maybe we could find out like why or how it worked. But they'd say don't really look at it. And you say, but I'm supposed to look at it with my eyes, right? Yeah, but don't look at it, but out of focus. Okay, I don't know how, like, my eyes are not adjustable as far as I know. Okay, stare at it, but don't, you don't cross your eyes, but you're not paying attention. And you say, wait a second, like, the only, here's the thing. I don't know how many of those books were even sold because they were around pre-Amazon. So it would mostly be something you'd do, and you'd either give it to somebody as a gift. You say, well... Uh, I wasn't, uh, here's something I gave you a uh, happy father's day or happy, you know, whatever uncle's day or, uh, congratulations on your graduation from fifth grade. Here's a book. Don't look at it. You just kind of barely stare at it. Um, but most of the time you just go to the mall and look at them in the store or I guess at somebody's house. I think actually some malls had it, like outside of a store to try to get you to come in. I don't know if they ever had their own mall store, but, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, uh, throw shade on these pieces of art. I'm just saying it was very confusing. Just like this podcast, you say, okay, wait a second, run through, run it through again. Like, can you, you say, okay, it's, it's a piece of art and you don't really, it looks like something, you know, it's not that it's a kind of space age art, uh, that you would have made post Photoshop, but, uh, not, not like a jam bandy or a new agey, but you know, you'd expect like, uh, what are those things called spheres and, um, pyramids and space, you know, and obviously space dolphins. So they were the main subject to this 3d arts, but you don't really look, it looks like something it, it, confusing, but then if you don't look at it, but you're looking at it, but you're not focusing on it, uh, you'll see something else. Maybe I don't know if it's like something like cilantro or the soap opera effect uh, with movie or uh, televisions. You say they say one ten percent of population only saw dolphins, even though occasionally there was something else. I don't know what else they put in there. I'm not kidding. It's say what else would they put in there? Dolphins jumping, uh, or a dolphin jumping, or a dolphin. I am, I'm, 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 maybe a planet. I don't, maybe, I, I don't know. 
So anyway, this is a podcast you just barely pay attention to. But when you get the instructions for it, even from the person that makes it, you say, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking. And I say, yeah, I'm qualified to barely be listened to. That's what I was trying to say for the past 10 minutes. This is a podcast you also, it also doesn't put you to sleep. <laughs> More great news. You see, so it's confusing to listen to and you don't put me to sleep. Oh, yeah, I don't really put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company. And take your mind off of stuff and not put you to sleep. Just like that art, it's like, uh, it's only meant to be seen occasionally. I mean, what, the other thing that kind of got me was like that if it was a book, you couldn't, I, don't, I never found myself able to get into the zone. I'd be able to see one picture, but then if I turn the page, it would be like I'd have to start all over again. It just, and they say, do you see it yet? Nope. Is it a dolphin? Then I'll just pretend to see. How about this? I'll just pretend to see a dolphin. I wonder how many relationships. I mean, I never had a relationship that involved 3D art before. Or I said, well, what are we doing tonight? I figured we'd go to the mall and look at some of that 3D art. Eh, never mind. I knew I knew it was a mistake. I said, okay, well, I was hoping we'd get to the stage where we'd have our first uh, disagreement over 3D art. Uh, and, you know, my need to uh, compensate by pretending I see a dolphin, even though I don't see anything. So maybe there's a life lesson in there. Can't wait to make up. Uh, you say, well, maybe you could kiss the uh, 3D dolphin. So anyway, enough about my, uh, what was this? Oh, I'm here to keep you company instead of put you to sleep. Here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz. Things I've probably never done, but will. This is Jeopardy category. It just popped in my head. Kiss, kiss, uh, 3D art. My own private 3D art, obviously. Um, but yeah, be your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your, your friend, your friend in the deep dark night to take your mind off stuff and keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, so that's why it takes some getting used to. You say, okay, I'm not going to pay attention to you, but you can. There's people that can't sleep. I'm here to the very end uh, to keep you company, whether you're listening or not. So just see how it goes. And it also goes through the structure of the show, which throws some people off. Starts out with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, so you feel welcome and seen. Then there's support for the show. So it can exist and come out regularly for free. So paying for it's optional. And that's thanks to the supporters and the sponsors. Then there's the intro, which is not part of the sponsor support. The intro is about 15 minutes of me rambling and trying to explain what the podcast is unsuccessfully, then talking about 3D art and then hoping I got it. You know, you say, are you really writing speculative 3D art romance? I'd say no, but uh, has there ever been a giant pair of lips like uh, in 3D art? Probably. I could kiss those lips if I could see them. Like, there's a conundrum. Please don't. I don't want to join Sisyphus and uh, Gringus or whoever that person with the rock is. You say, what happened to Scooter? Well, he you know, he was smoted. One of the many gods and goddesses he got, you know. And now he lives in a world where he's uh, in love with three D art that he can't see that he's trying to kiss. You see, but then you know the god that did it—they do a chef's kiss because it's so delightful for them. It's actually multi. He he was smoted. It was he was the first. Uh, time, it was the first time any human's been smoted. Uh, 
it just like they called it a, even they had to wake young up because they said it was a synchronicitous synchron it was a synchronicitous uh smoting synchronicity where he was smoted by like multiple gods and goddesses at the same time multiple times some gods tried to smote him within milliseconds multiple times and that's how he ended up in a room with this radiar that he's in love with uh and uh so but the good thing is he recorded a bunch of podcasts to put you to sleep so oh oh structure the show the intro goes on and on and on where i'm trying to explain what the podcast is unsuccessfully as we've seen thus far but it also offers you a chance to wind down and have some space between when you're awake and when you're asleep. It's kind of like a break uh, or a landing, uh, like a, a slow runway where I'm easing you into bedtime. So for regular listeners, they may be doing some other chill activity or they could be in bed getting comfortable. Some of them might be asleep or some people are getting ready for bed. So just kind of see how it goes. But the intro is structurally here is slow to, you know, lowering of the volume and, and to get some distance from the day. And that's why it goes on and on and on. Then there's, again, support. So the show could be free twice a week. And then there's our story. It's going to be an episode of Ted Lasso. I'm sure there's been Ted Lasso 3D art jokes, even though there's only been two seasons. I bet you it's in there. Maybe that's why it's in my head. I mean, because if Ted Lasso grew up in the Midwest, pro- we're probably the same age, hung at the mall in the arcade and probably saw some 3D art as a boy. Maybe Ted Lasso kissed, th- maybe, probably not, because he's a little bit, uh, you know, he he's a little bit more together than I am. But anyway, so that's the structure of the show. Then there's some thank yous at the end. Uh, that's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really work hard. You're in the next drive. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. We're t- it's time to talk about lasso. Get some lasso lulls and learn some stuff. Oh, right away. We're going to be, I got to look up something right away. Uh, episode nine. All apologies. Uh, so I guess I got to look up. There's a song by Nirvana uh, called All Apologies. I don't think it appears in this uh, episode. I don't think it has anything to do with it, but there's a lot of apologizing this episode. Uh, uh, let's see. I was wondering what the me- meaning of it is. Uh, uh, easily amused is the one lyric that I always uh, uh, I wish I was like you, easily amused. Uh, uh, but let's see. I was just wondering if there's anything else about all apologies other than the lyrics. Um, oh, all apologies is a song. Yeah, here we go. Wikipedia's got it. It's a song by Nirvana. It was released as the final song on their third and final album in utero in 1993. And then in uh, December of 93, it was released as the second sig- single as a double A side. Uh, it was the second and final single. Uh, let's see, recording. It was written in 1990. Uh, uh, Dave Grohl said that Kurt had wrote it on a four-track in our apartment in Olympia. 
And uh, Dave Grohl really liked the melody. Uh, let's see. Was that for their third album? The song at that point was tentatively titled La La La. Uh, had some cello in there. And uh, it was kind of a lighter sound. Uh, Cobain had said that songs like All Apologies and Dumb represented a lighter, more dynamic sound. Let's see what else we got. Uh, there's also an acoustic version on the MTV Unplugged uh, album in performance. Uh, it was dedicated to Courtney Love and Francis Bean in during the Reading Festival. Uh, what else we got here? It looks like it was covered in 1996 by Herbie Hancock. Uh, I got to look that up. Uh, man, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about all apologies. Nothing to do with the episode. Sorry about that. I guess sidetracked. Uh, but I do have to look up this uh, Herbie Hancock album and see... Uh, what year was it? 1990 something. Okay, so the episode starts with my handwriting. Uh, cheers. Uh, there's cheers of a crowd, but it's dark. We see ice. We see Roy. Roy's number six. Uh, ign- 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 there's some word that gets said that I wrote down, but I'll have to go. Ign- 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 not ign. ign- I don't know. One of those words that starts with ignamious or something, but that's not a word, I don't think. And, you know, there's a lot of good dialogue. As Ted comes in to talk to Roy, Roy, somebody order Roy on rocks. Oh, boy, is it cold. And there's a couple of good scenes uh, here with uh, the slight uh, Sudeikis uh, physical comedy, which I don't mean, I don't know if, like, what what uh, like 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 it was like to be on set or anything? If it's uh, like if it's just pure performance or if it's some sort of method acting um, where he's becoming Ted, I, I don't know. I mean, even if it's just in the moment. But I think those little flourishes do uh, capture Ted Lasso, like when he puts his hand in cold water and how he reacts to it, which again is great for any character. You'd say. Uh, like how'd scoot I'd say, well, that's about the same temperature temperature I am on the inside. So I wouldn't have the same reaction as uh Ted did. Had a bad day. That's another song uh that I, I won't look up because uh, uh there's a, there's so many other things. Uh, uh Go Easy on Yourself, uh you're like a brunette Oscar the Grouch. Let's just Google Oscar the Grouch just to see what comes up. I'm sure we've covered Oscar the Grouch before. According to this, uh, like when I first, he, Oscar the Grouch has a significant other, Grun, Grund, Grundgetta. Never, and I mean, I, don't, I haven't watched Sesame Street in a while. Created by Jim Henson and John Stone. Or Sesame Street, green body, no visible notes, lives in a trash can, loves trash. I love trash, uh, like the song says. Uh, misanthropic, uh, misanthropic interaction with other characters. 
Uh, but that's not just, it's also the species is grouch. Oscar is a grouch. Uh, was originally form, performed by Carol Spinney until retirement. Eric Jacobson was the understudy starting in 2005. Uh, let's see the original origins here. Original orange version of Oscar the Grouch from season one, 1969 to 1970. Really? Initially, the puppet characters on Sesame Street were not on the actual set, but uh, in intermediate in intermediary segments. Uh, and uh, Jim Henson has suggested a giant bird and a creature living in the neighborhood trash can. Uh, those were developed by uh, Sesame Street head John writer John Stone and Henson. And uh, puppeteer Carol Spinney found the answer. Oh, sounds like Bernie. Where to, Mac? Uh, I didn't realize how similar Barney the Butterfly. I mean, I'm not kidding either. And Oscar Grouch were. Obviously, Oscar Grouch was an influence on Barney's, you know, probably hero of Barney's. Uh, yeah, then they, uh, the, yeah, they came up with it by having a thing with uh, a restaurant. It was orange for the first season, then changed to green, which became the permanent color. This was explained in the sh- within the show by a visit to Swamp Mushy Muddy. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Oscar the Grouch. I guess Roy's a Grouch, but different than Oscar. Danny Ro- Oh, what song does Danny Rojas sing? Man, we're really busy looking stuff up. Uh, okay, so this is actually in Parade Magazine. Uh, let's see. Uh, what, oh, I guess you know, I always call it a cookie or a, it's an Easter egg. I always say, is it a cookie or a cupcake when people hide stuff in episodes? It's called the Easter egg scoots. Okay, well, okay. You got, I guess you're right. Uh, okay, these are all from season one. Uh, Joe Arthur Gatestacker shirt, victory character names. Uh, Miss Scanlon was a real teacher. Uh, two aces. Uh, oh, the AI switch. Yeah, um, make Rebecca great again. Oh, those are the victory. Diamond dogs. Uh, Underhill's reference. Uh, oh, so in the opening scene, this is from Parade.com. All apologies. Danny Rojas jumps on the treadmill and begins to sing a song in Spanish. The song he's singing is the theme song for the show, co-written and sung by Marcus Mumford in Spanish. So, there you go. Except that I don't know the, how the theme song goes, because I thought it was, oh yeah, okay. My, okay, now, I was like, isn't it only uh, instrumental? But then they realized it has words. Uh, See, so for some reason, I'm not even kidding. I think the Malcolm in the Middle, when I, when I tried to think of... Uh, the Ted Lasso theme song, the Malcolm in the Middle theme song got stuck in my head, which I didn't even watch. I mean, I watched some episodes. The roller skating episode, obviously, was uh, a ice skating one where you're like, okay. When you say, how could that guy be Walter White? If you watch the roller skating episode, you say, oh, okay. You could see the range, right? Uh, but yeah, that, I don't know why that song got popped in my head. 
Okay, um, we got other stuff to look up, though, here. This is good tangents early. Daniel Ross sings Rebecca something sh- sh- biscuit boost. Uh, I don't know what that says. Uh, Palak shocks. Uh, Karen D. Oh, photo shoot. That's what that says. Karen Dealey, she says. Karen. I can't even spell Laren. No, Karen. Nope, oh, I'm having trouble hitting that K. K A R E N. Dealey? Karen Dealey. That may, may not be a character. So I don't know. Nothing came up. I mean, I'm, you know, probably not. Karen Dealey. Uh, uh, soccer. Let's try. Karen Dealey. Funny tweets now. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll come up when, when we do the uh, dialogue. Uh, eggplant, power suit, my dreams. Oh, so this is a lot of good dialogue that we'll talk about. Because not only is it about apologies, but there's different re- references uh, to little girls and teen girls, uh, personality, powerful personality traits. Uh, powerful, Wish Higgins was here, uh, Ted says. Ted uses a phrase I'm very familiar with, uh, which again, I say, wait a second, uh, stinking thinking. Uh, Keely shows up. Are you question mark? Something starts. Oh, so she asks about the time for, if they're going to do something satirical, they'll call you. They go into the boot. I don't know if they called it the boots room, but they're in the boots room. Uh, Keely says, can I talk to you, Rebecca? The room they go into, they talk at the Boots room. This was probably the fourth or fifth time I saw this episode, and there was a few different really, uh, like, either jokes I missed or they just hit me and they, like, I, uh, there was so much more. I mean, there's a really awkward exchange with Nate here um, that I didn't pick up on the first time. Keely and Rebecca, when are you going to tell Ted? Keely... Nine, Joanna Wellington. Oh, boy, teenage girls. Uh, they talk about being a teenage girl. Nate comes in. Why tell Ted? It would want to change anything. And Keely says it'll change how I feel about you. Uh, Ted has a press conference. He makes a Willie Nelson joke and a Daily Planet joke. And I said, okay, how about, like, uh, are those global jokes? Um um, they, I mean, the, the press laughed at both of them. And I mean, I guess you say, of course they are. But I say, okay, so Willie Nelson's predilection for the grass, for grass, for the grass, it sounds like I'm older than Willie Nelson, for the grass. Uh, is that an international, I mean, is that an internationally known? I mean, he, I know he's known to rock the microphone. Uh, I just see a little lasso there. Did you see that move? Uh uh, Daily Planet also, I don't know, the, like, is it, like, in the UK, is Superman in the UK, does he work for the Independent Planet, you know, like, uh, or uh, the, uh, I don't know, the, the Globe, I guess, uh, I don't know, so, joke, Rosie, Kent, Roy Kent, intro, introvert trick, oh, he does a in, good, good introvert trick, Ted does. Uh, this handwriting is a totally wait for him. Oh, but, oh, but a beard and Nate are watching, sharing a look, and then they're waiting for Ted. I actually figured it out. Uh, have a seat. Ted sits in this big leather chair. 
I want to look up the term bite us in the butt. I don't even know if I can leave this in here because uh, this is one of the jokes that I, I was like, uh, there's like, it's like a two or three stager. Uh, let's see. Where is the phrase? So, oh, uh, comes back to bite you in the butt. Uh, bite us in the rear. That's an idiom. Uh, that's the definition of it, though. Bite butt meeting. Um, there's a lot of different ones. Idiom definition example. Oxford slang, oh, online slang, it just says, you know, negative consequences. Uh, nip, well, there's a lot of different ones, so I don't know, but uh, there's a lot of good jokes here. Oh, boy, I got to look up another one. Uh, audio 5,000, oh, no, Audi 5,000, so I won't look that one up. The test says, no, I get, now I can just bench Roy, and then... Uh, like, there's just a joke with Beard and Nate. You got to see it because Nate asked him a question afterwards. It's so easy to miss. It's probably like 15 seconds. Uh, and there's just Nate's, like, the, like uh, the Nate asks Beard about it. Beard, of course, responds true to character, but in an unexpected way. And then Nate responds true to what? Where? What? Like, uh, like but not in that, not, not the way I did it. Like, uh, more of like total curiosity. Ted doesn't knock, knock, all ears. Uh, Rebecca, this was like a, a, sh- a short episode of Sleep With Me by Rebecca. She's buying time, uh, going on tangents, uh, procrastinating. She even asked Ted, you got a dictionary? He says, uh, not on me. Oh, so top of pops. Uh, so I have a good, good, not the show, but the, I guess the theme song or something, because uh, one of the, um, it was unfortunately a disc we got scratched. We scratched it, but one of the best, some of the best times my daughter and I had were a son, um, I forget the name of the, oh, ra- the Rabbids games, the ra- Rapids, ra- the Bunny game. And Top of the Pops was one of them, where it's kind of like you you were playing an instrument, like kind of like a guitar hero. But Top of the Pops is actually a, uh, I don't know, is it a TV show? Can we get it on Wikipedia here? We can. Top of the Pops uh, is a British music chart program made by the BBC. Is this the one I listen to now? Oh, now it's the official charts. Uh, it uh, was around since 64 uh, to 2006, and it used to be broadcast Thursday evenings on BBC One. Now I, I do try to listen, like during the school year at least, uh, to the official charts. Is that what they call it now? Um, Dusty Springfield, I Only Want to Be With You, is the first song performed on top of the Pops. Uh, Rolling Stones were the first band. And Snow Patrol was the last act to play live on the weekly show when they played played their single uh, Chasing Cars. Snow Patrol, who I get mixed up with just Snow, uh, but I guess Snow Patrol isn't—they're not the same group, even though in my head I'm so easily confused. Uh, Hit record, uh, hit record. 
says dad oh so ted hits rewind and i think he says dad joke in in, like he says it forward but he's saying stuff in reverse uh reminded me of um uh one of those uh, like a lynch (laughs) just reminded me of uh one of my favorite shows uh the peaks peak peak twin peak the twin peaks uh uh, Rebecca pep talk Rupert shows up. He sits on her desk. Uh, there's tears. There's pain. What a jerk. I say that Rupert, uh, slow music, uh, primo J- Janet, uh, oh, piano. Oh, there's slow music, uh, piano jacket or something. I, I don't know. I wrote it down like, uh, as Rebecca leaves her off. So she's, uh, Rupert really, like, like uh, she, she, this is a major change for her because she's procrastinating. She knew she had to apologize. Uh, and Keely says, you got to make things right. And I know this pain of procrastination of making these apologies. Oh, boy, do I. And you just got to do it, I guess. Uh, but they show her leaving her office. This is a great sequence. She goes to Ted's office to apologize. Something I need to tell you. Deja vu. Uh, I lost loser standing dialogue. Uh, she lays it all out to cause him as much pain and suffering. I did not care who I used or who I hurt. Uh, they stand face to face. I forgive you. Divorce is hard. The job you gave me has changed my life. Uh, you, we're okay. Uh, she shakes her head no. Uh, the handshake, but then they go in for a big hug. Uh, and then at the end, uh, again, this is another, this wasn't a com- comedic moment, but uh, Ted does the thing where he swirls his finger and he says, you got to come down here more often. Boss classes up the place. Uh, walk away. Uh, last last one is a rotten egg. What does a British owl say? I don't think this, actually, we should look it up. Uh, well, no, I don't want to ruin it. Maybe it's a payoff later, right? Uh, they always pay stuff off. Uh, whom? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I can't write jokes, so... Uh, Cold uh, shoulder and the silent treatment. Nate runs off. Uh, Sweared out Roy. Beard gives Ted's a look, Ted, Ted a look. Glasses off. Higgins. Channel. Pan. Redhead. Rolls Royce. Uh, so, I don't know. Rebecca drives to Higgins' house. So she pulls up in Rolls Royce to his house. Uh, he's playing stand-up bass. She surprises him. He squeals. Ted finds Roy, sits right next to him in the stands. Uh, so that's apology one, right? Was uh, this the only apology we've had so far, Rebecca to, um, Rebecca to Ted, the main character in the show, Ted Lasso. Thanks for reminding me of that. Uh, Ted buys time. So now Ted's the one procrastinating. Because at the beginning of so Ted's basically made let Roy know he'd never bench him that he always had his back, uh, which is kind of a broader definition that needs to be renegotiated now. 
uh, Ted buys time. He talks about YouTube, uh, a kitten and a baby chicken being friends. How's mom, like most moms, would diffuse uh, stuff like in that way. Roy moves away, sits one seat away from him, flexes his hand, blows his top, uh, bass, bass, bass. And we see that it's contextually Higgins playing the bass string. He's got a Van Dyke uh, beard. Looks how I feel. Chill, man. Um, and then this is a great another apology number two. I'm truly sorry. Thank you. I lost my way. Uh, Keely Roy and uh, um, his uh, niece, whose name come Phoebe. Uh, how you doing? Fine. Body. This is the second time this comes up. Body. The miracle of the body was also a theme. Uh, miracle of, uh, yeah, miracle of the body. I forgot how Danny had said it. Uh, oh, yeah, call back to Danny. Pink, pink, they're not pink fuzzy pillows. They're more of a rosé. Some loser has been named Roy. Is not what Roy Kent, the footballer, wants to become. Is that all I am? Phoebe, Phoebe's listening to Septon, maybe? I thought that's what she said. Describe your Uncle Roy. There's no football mentioned. Beard, his ex-girlfriend's playing chess. Uh, Stry string. Four beers. Uh, stay strong, the other the, the pubbers say to Roy, or uh, the beard. He's got four, four pints. Uh, I'm more of a Tabor guy. Oh, yeah, let's look that up. Uh, Tabor Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, um, and look who's playing Tabor. One of our favorites, uh, Maxwell Tabor, played by Christopher Lloyd. He's a bit of a wild card. I haven't seen or read the movie or read the book in quite a little long time. But uh, he was there before McMurphy arrives. Okay, so great moment. This is one of the great moments in the season because uh, it really uh, a great moment in the show. I put uh, all this isn't about ain't about winning. Ted says, uh, and uh, the beard has to lay it all out. The stakes, uh, the real stakes uh, of winning and losing, and in his personal stake in it too, or his personal feelings. And it does land well with his ex, and she says, she says that's pretty uh, assertive. Uh, and he says, get your things. And he tells the guy she's playing chess with, she's been toying with you. Checkmate, mate. And then Ted's pretty drunk, uh, which, again, I mean, uh, I said, okay. I mean, I don't know how fast he drank those three pints or if he drank all four. And they're imperial pints. uh and again, I'm operating from perspective of someone that uh, would drink much more than that, I guess. Though if I drank those three pints in in, in a half hour or something, I you know, back in the, my day, you know, because those are 20 ounces, 20, 40, 60. So I guess like a 40. So it's like two 40s, uh, but they're not as strong. We don't know the strength or what if Ted had eaten. And, and you know, obviously, but he wasn't real super drunk because Roy's at his place. Uh, and there's another callback uh, as Ted goes to cross the street. Roy stops him because Ted was looking the wrong way. And then we have another callback with the peanut butter finger. 
the allergic to nuts, no to fingers. Uh, Roy apologizes. Uh, know thyself. Uh, told my niece ice cream. They talk about how great ice cream is. Uh, she'll watch the match even if not playing. Uh, Ted, Ted talks about Fresh Prince and the Carlson. He's doing the Carlson and talks about Alfonso Ribeiro uh, being one of the most underrated physical comedians of all time. Or maybe not. He's saying he is one of them. Like he's saying, yeah, he's underrated. Uh, Target, Isonic, uh, cover with, oh, so, uh, uh, so Roy says, I mean, iconic. Uh, oh, yeah. If you see, if you saw someone doing the Carlton, even just their profile, that's how you'd know. Okay, so, um, yeah, should we cover it up with an injury? Uh, but Ted says, my preference would be for you to be there. They talk about T. And we have Higgins and Rebecca. Uh, silly, playful, mysterious. And we have the locker room. Ted's there. Uh, Beard and Nate are at his side again. Nate apologizes. Uh, had a scary dream. I was pecking at you or something. Make sure to apologize to me in my dream. So we're good there. So there's also a lot of these, like a thematic dream. Uh, Ted believes in inception type stuff. Uh, Roy shows up. Uh, sorry, I'm late. I guess that's an apology. I could have, should have been there, but... Uh, you know, there's an electronics thing at my house uh, with Phoebe and uh, Keeley. Uh, second team is going to win. Acceptance is out that says. Settle it out on the pitch. Uh, the music, uh, there's like, there's music, there's noise, there's laughter. And the, it doesn't actually slow zoom out. If, maybe it zooms out and then stops. Uh, there's a long shot of the locker room just being a locker room. And there is that believe in the background, and the believe is coming up in the song, too. And that's the end of the episode. Another uh, great episode, another lulling episode with Lasso, if I do say most so myself. Uh, Good night, everybody. Or uh, Scoots will be back with more. Everybody doing the watch through some dialogue here. Of all apologies, uh... Lisa's breaking down the match. Uh, we see Roy come out of that ice. Uh, stretch of bad days. A tough one for Roy Kent, number six. In the last nine games, turnovers ignominious. Uh, Ted comes in. There you are. Danny's still out there running drills, though. Everybody else is gone. Really funny seeing Roy uh, sitting in the bucket. I wonder if they had a stunt double. I'm sure it's on the internet, uh, not like if when they show the back of Roy's head with Ted. We get a side shot, big whoop. And, uh, you know, he says, just go easy on yourself and I'll see you later, buddy. I got your back. Nothing's going to change that. Brunette Oscar the Grouch, bye-bye. Turns off the lights. Let it go. Hola, Roy. And he starts singing. They're talking about Manchester City and Jamie Tart doing well for them. Roy goes under the water. We get the intro. Then we have Rebecca after the intro. Uh, photo shoot. Ted shows up. Uh, 
Talks about, you know, strutting his stuff. He's got the biscuits. They sit in front of, in the locker room, uh, profiling women. Karen, Delia, and Posh Spice, I think, uh, sports article. Who's she going to think? My dreams are possible. Football financial quarterly. Girls are mysterious, silly, and powerful. Gave up trying to figure them out. Uh, I just wish Higgins was here. Rebecca says, uh, huh. Higgins quit. Uh, you let me know what he thought about me. That's stinking thinking, Rebecca, Ted says. Uh, Rebecca says she's heartbroken. That's when Keeley says, really heartbroken, eh? Don't buy it. Uh, how about Tom Ford? Does Tom Ford buy it? No, only with irony, maybe, or an every person campaign. And then Keeley says, Rebecca, how about we have a little chat in the boot room? Because these boots are made for foot footy. That's just what they're made for. Uh, Rebecca's buying time there, too. Feet funk. Uh, and what are you going to tell Ted? Uh, can you imagine having to make amends? Uh, Keeley says, that my, oh, Scoot's going to, yeah. Uh, and Keely talks about the wrong that she did. It probably reminds me of ones I did. Teenage girls are mysterious, dark, and with an edge, uh, but that's not the point. Nate comes in, says something he should apologize for. I guess he does. Uh, he says sorry. So technically, he's a, he says sorry. Uh, won't change anything. It would change how I feel about you. Great, 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 great line. David, we got one final name. You know, let's do a high like Willie Nelson. Uh, Trent Krim, Daily Planet. Uh, no, The Independent. Uh, a lot of young players. Uh, Roy Kent, uh, he hasn't been playing well. Well, Roy doesn't always have his best day, uh, but backbone of the team. Beard and Nate don't like that answer. If you're an introvert, raise your hand. That was a trick. Introverts wouldn't raise their hands. Uh, Ted, hands in his pocket, goes into his office, uh, have a seat. Also, he has this thing where he has his cuffs over his sweater. Uh, what's going on? You two want to talk to me? He, like, rolls his sleeves. I, I, like, that's a cool look. I've never been able to pull it off myself, but I couldn't handle three layers like Ted has on unless the air conditioning was at, like, 60 degrees. Yeah, but they say you got to bench Roy. He says, I'm not benching Roy. He's a captain. Value your opinion, even when you're wrong. But hoping you two are going to do improv. I'm Audi 5000. They watch him leave. Uh, and then there's great jokes. Just seriously do yourself a favor. Oh, I accidentally closed the video. 7.30. Where? What? Uh, what? Where? Rebecca's getting her office neat. Hey, what's up? Uh. Something I got to tell you, have a seat, uh, mall ears. He does the ears thing. Wow, even how he gets in the chair. You're going to get right to the point. Uh, and the way she does it, buying time, very scooter. No procrastinating. Procrast, procrast. That's a good word, isn't it? Uh, procrastinating, procrastinating. What's that? <laughs> Etymology. Uh, procrast. She really is a sleep with me starter. Why don't we look it up? You got a dictionary? You okay? Uh, she says, me, yeah. Now you can really see the eggplant color of her power suit. Uh, top of the pops. She was just popping lock. 
Ted hits the rewind button. See how the uh, closed captioning, closed captioning just skips it. Uh, so I don't know if he says dad joke. Uh, and she says, oh, gosh, I got to do this. Uh, come on, Rebecca, just do it. Uh, tidy up your mess. Uh, tidy up your mess. Okay. She heads out to go tidy up her mess and Rupert comes in. And he says, you look stressed. Where's Higgins fired? Uh, Higgins is first class. Chews on pens, though. And uh, like an anxious little puppy, like a, like an anxious little scoot, said chew on pens, too. Not in my boss's office, but. And look, uh, what do you want, Rupert? Well, we're having me and Bex are having a baby. He says, uh, baby, I'm bored. Uh, she says, what in the heck? Uh, first off, you said in one thing. Second of all, you're 70 years old. Uh, and uh, I think that's what she says. Yes, nearly 70. You're having a baby. What are you, from the Bible? And uh, you'll be a pile of dust and an Amex card. Uh, calls her darling. She says, I don't want to, don't, please don't call me that. Uh, but really, he's just there. I mean, I guess what's interesting is he's offering her a mirror, like a gross mirror to look into. She sees him and his behavior, and this time it clicks. Like, who does she, like, who's, who's, whose behavior, you know, when she looks in the mirror, she wants to see Rebecca, make Rebecca great again, and not a reflection of trying to out-Rupert Rupert. Also, maybe the fact that it can't be done. Like, she's not that cold uh, and pa- aggr- passively, aggressively passive. So she turns, her eyes watered up, she didn't cry, and she's kind of turned stunned. Slow walk, uh, there's music, again, that I couldn't, um, yeah, I don't have the Shazam for, and now it's on mute. Uh, and she goes to tell Ted the truth. Uh, oh, we see, oh, there's a bare bottom Two bear bot. Oh, three. Oh, boy. I didn't notice that. Uh, bet your bottom dollars. There's bare bottoms there. But she goes and says, Ted, I got to tell you something. There's people on treadmills over Ted's shoulder. Doors open. Uh, she closes it now. She's standing. Ted's sitting. Ted, I lied to you. Wanted this team to lose. That's why I hired you. Wanted you to fail sabotaged you every chance I could. And, uh, yeah, that was me that got the picture of you and Keeley. I don't know if you heard about that the burger picture interview with Trent Krim, hoping he would humiliate you. Uh, transferred Jamie Tart, despite your wishes. Ted's right now. I got a poker face on not my, my poker face His poker face, not a poker face. Actually looks like a poker face, but he's just being Ted. Sorry, I I wanted to cause Rupert pain and suffering. Didn't care. She's looking, I don't know if she's looking right at, yeah, I guess she's looking right at Ted as she's saying it. Her eyes are watering. Ted's looking right back. Great eye lines, yeah. Ted, I'm sorry. He moves his, wow, he moves his head a lot, but not, shakes his head finally. Stands, man, this is good. Hands in his pockets, uh. You want to call the press or quit? I understand. I forgive you. What? Why? Well, Ted gets it. It's hard. Uh, 
you're human, I'm a human. Uh, you know, being a human, you know, involves human stuff. Uh, human, human, human. And I'm coaching soccer in London. She laughs and cries. That's wild. And uh, she says, yeah. But your, this job's changed my life. Uh, gave me the distance I needed to see what was going on. And uh, you and me, we're okay. Goes to shake her hand. She looks down on it. She also has a few inches on Ted, at least in the shot. Uh, shake my hand. She gives him a big hug. Maybe an inch or inch and a half. Uh, and uh, if you care about someone and you got a little love in your hearts, ain't nothing you can't get through together. And she says, that's a metaphor or about us uh, or something. And he says, oh, well, indubitably or something. He doesn't say that, but uh, he would, Ted, I don't know if Ted would say indubitably. He probably would, but it would be in a proper context. Uh, this is my favorite part. Let's see. You got to rewind it, though, because at 14, no, it's like earlier than that. Oh, boy, I fast forwarded it. Okay. 13, yeah, about 14 minutes in. Nice to see him down here, boss. Uh, liven up the place. Man, so, I don't know what about it. That scene, that's rich to me for some reason. I don't know. It's like that confidence. Ted, Ted Lasso, as an imaginary character, has what I want. And it's that. Uh, okay, then we talk about the mysteries of the human body. Uh Body, Danny says, uh, can do, body's a miracle, uh, not a mystery, miracle, good perspective. Uh, speed's important, but so is changing direction quickly. Beard's in the background, 808 heartbreak, uh, doesn't get enough credit. Team agrees, uh, let's get going. Uh, start, stop again, last one's a rotten egg. And uh, he says, oh, I thought of a joke, Beard. Uh, what does a British owl say? Uh, and Beard steps away from him. And uh, Ted doesn't realize. He says, okay, uh, oh, uh, I get it now. You're giving me a silent cold shoulder. And Ted doesn't like it. Does that combo come with a medium drink? Then Nate makes a run. He tries to talk to Nate. Uh, what does the British owl say? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could probably could brainstorm it, but it wouldn't. It would be more embarrassing. It'd be embarrassing. It'd be embarrassing for me. Uh, dig, Danny. Come on, Roy. Swear it out. Roy's not keeping up with the rest of the team. I mean, but not everybody's fast. Uh, now Beard's uh, showing him, uh, uh, saying, "Hey, takes his Beard takes his sunglasses off, uh, looks at Ted. Ted nods, okay, puts his sunglasses back on. Rebecca is signing something. She's right-handed, sees the chewed pen, and it's time for another apology. Is that a Rolls Royce? I don't know. Maybe." She goes to the door, rings the doorbell. I guess a Bentley, is that what she was in before? Uh, 22 is Higgins' house number. He's jamming. 
She laughs, uh, but not a laugh of humiliation, a laugh of joyous discovery. And then Higgins squeals when she taps on the window. Roy sitting, staring in, in uh, outdoor clothes. I couldn't see the seat number, but uh, he's right in the middle. Hey, there's a lot of other seats. Ted says, great comeback. This is what my ticket, this is what my ticket said. Uh, Roy's hands are in his lap. Uh, hounds, greyhounds, Richmond, we see in the stands. Uh, Ted now is the one buying to awkward time. Kitten and baby chicken became friends and hung out on YouTube. Uh, got it right here. Or I guess it wouldn't be on YouTube because, uh, but yeah, you could check it out. I'll show it to you on my phone. Uh, that's what my mom would do. She'd start saying something, uh, go off on a tangent, you know, overtly nice. Uh, and yeah, I just thought the idea of a bird and uh, a cat and would be being simpatico would be nice. Roy changes seats, grips his left hand, uh, yeah, no, no. Listen, thinking about starting a lineup. No, no, no. Let's just talk. Yeah, Ted, baloney. You said you had my back. Uh, I do, baloney. You're pretended to be a man of word. Uh, you know, go to go eat. Go go read Super Fudge and get back to me. Super Fudge, Ted. Go read Super Fudge. Ted tries to say, I thought that was Tales of Fourth Grade. Nothing came first. He goes, Super Fudge. Then we go back to Higgins and uh, playing the bass. Uh, Rebecca, well, the van, they talk about his beard. And they say, so Super Fudge, is that, would that be, uh, like, is that even when, you know, like, not joking, like, what's Judah Bloom's revelance? Rev- what is that? He says his wife loves his beard with a white hot intensity. He also has a mustache, which, uh, so it's not just a beard. It's kind of a pencil mustache. Uh, Ted, I told Ted the truth. He forgave me a couple of ducks, bird statues uh, in the background of Higgins' house. And a long, like, thing that you would put under the door to block a draft, but too long for any door. And she says, I'm truly sorry, Higgins. More importantly, but I guess this is more about the background. Uh, Higgins says, thank you, Rebecca. His bangs are down, too. Lost my way for a minute, she says. Uh, I'm on the road back. I can't see Higgins' shirt. Well, it suits you, unlike that beard. Uh, sorry, I had to. Uh, then we have Phoebe, who's listening to music. Uh, first child, other than Jamie, in uh, Keeley's place. Uh, can't have her soup nooping around. Uh, you know, I got a, like that toothbrush thing. It's not a toothbrush. Roy's looking out the window. How you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Kilo's thoughtful. Kids are pretty incredible. Uh, you know, teeth, uh, body's a miracle. Again, another callback to the body uh, and teens and uh, mystery of childhood. Okay, and then the mystery blush. I guess that was bright. Her puffy pillows are rosé-type color. I mean, you could say they're pink, but I'd say more of a pink powder pink. Uh, There are some hot pink stuff. Uh, 
But yeah, I don't want to be, I like being Roy Kent. I don't want to be some like a dude named Roy. All right, Roy, what have you been up to? Uh, Reading Super Fudge, uh, but not really reading it. Just saying, you know, like a feeling like a Tales of, you know, feeling like I understand what Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing means, even though I'm, you know, a former footballer. It's all I've ever known. Who I am. All I am. As Keely says, uh 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 uh. Phoebe, tell me. Uh, let's see. I guess you figure out who, who Keely is. Oh, Zeppelin is amazing. Okay, so Zeppelin. Uh, so Keely's into classic rock. Interesting. So she says, close your eyes, describe your Uncle Roy. She says, I think of uh, whoever, Scooter can't remember Fudge's brother's name, the main character of these two books. He buys me ice cream, though. Swears. Uh, he's funny. And I love him. Very cute. Very cute moment. Another heartfelt, uh, well done, Phoebe. Nothing about being a footballer, Roy. Actually, nothing. No Judy Boom Bloom books yet. She's only six. Uh, so right now she's more into Thea Stilton or, you know, whatever the equivalent is. Uh, and Roy says, Geronimo Stilton. That's another one I could yell on. And then we go to the pub at night. We see uh, the beard watching his for his ex girlfriend play chess with another bloke uh, while the pubbers uh, comment on it. Stay strong, you're a beautiful man. Beard nods. Ted comes in. Four pints of weights. Actually, five because the beard has pints. Uh, figured you need it after talking to Roy because they think they serve pints somewhat warm. Uh, talk about Tabor. Cuckoo's Nest, uh, and, uh, be honest, uh, I never told Roy. Now, don't give me those eyes. He figured it out, but I'm not going to bench him. Winning doesn't really matter. And another great scene, if you want to, I mean, just watch the whole episode, do yourself a favor, but, uh, how much time? 23 minutes. Great, great, great reaction. I mean, it's the stakes for the rest of the season, but also for for moving forward, right? Uh, and the truth, uh, the truth teller says, gosh darn it, uh, Geronimo Stilton. Uh, listen, when we're working with college kids, that's one thing. Winning does matter. These are professionals. It matters to me. That's okay. Right, May? Correct. Uh he points at May. She does something. Losing has percussions. We lose, we get relegated. And then what, what do we build? Uh, if you're going to pick a player's feelings over your duty, uh, I, that's selfish. And he heads off. Uh, Ted's stunned and shows his uh, ex. Uh, she says, that's very sexy. Uh, get your things. Uh, checkmate, mate. They hold hands, they head off, uh, Ted takes a sip, uh, he stares at the other three pints, plus there's an extra pint, only people like me would know that, but he said, actually there's five pints because his beard left his pint, which you say, okay, what are you doing, dude? But, uh, you know, only people that shouldn't have pints would notice that, like me. Ted leaves his pint, kind of waddles off, uh. Goes across the street, looks the wrong way. Roy stops him. 
He picks peanut butter with his finger, offers it a finger allergy, and Ted's got a fruit bowl. Looks like there's a gourd in his fruit bowl. Two-day-old pasta water. Tea's fine. Sorry I told you to F off. Uh, Sorry, but, you know, usually I don't just use children's books instead of profanity, but uh, rest in peace, Socrates. Something else on his table. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's like an orangish. Uh, oh, it's a double decker matchbox bus. Ice cream rules. Uh, ice cream's the best. Kind of like seeing Billy Joel perform live. Never disappoints. Who's played more at MSG, Fish or Billy Joel? As of re- when I'm recording this, I think Fish still, but I'm not positive. Not that it's a contest. It's just uh, just wondering. Well, that's showbiz, ain't it? Uh, promised myself I'd never watch uh, 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 Fresh Prince when they changed casting, but Carlton called me back. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, 1920th and 21st century, greatest physical comedian. Uh, iconic, uh, the Carlton. I don't know what to do with a grown man does at Carlton. So that's a funny callback joke, too. Like, if, like, I don't know what somebody beatboxes, knock it off. Miss Shipley has been fed up with uh, Ted. Uh, what if we pretend you're injured and you can't play? No shame in that. And Roy says, well, it's not a bad idea. Maybe I could get a job at another club uh, or play in America and show them what's what. Where I dominate, by the way. Oh, this is football then. Uh, and Ted says, well, my preference would be so assertive in it. Like, uh, my preference would be to be there. I guess that's like truth, not, I don't know how people do that. Uh, they just say what they would prefer. Holy cow. And Nate, Roy says, and then Roy, he says, can I think about it? And then Ted says, you better. Man, let's talk about, maybe Ray, like, uh, I don't know if, like, uh, any of these writers uh, are related to Ray. Maybe Ray was one of their, I don't know. But uh, Roy says, I do love tea. Ted still loves tea. Tries it, uh, shakes his head. And we have the sun coming up. Uh, Higgins is back. Uh, uh, it's biscuits o'clock. Uh, they, they're making a joke about somebody with bigger hands. Uh, and they say, okay, I'm going to say it. Heck to the yeah, yeah. Uh, nice to see you. There you go, boss. There's some biscuits. You want to try one of these? Carrying a sharing, but I brought Higgins a box, a different color box with uh, something else in there. At a hunch. Uh, actually, those are for Trent Crimp's daughter. She turns nine or something, but uh, don't worry. They're for you. No. Ted, did you tell her weeks ago? I told her, but don't worry. She, oh, she's three. You know, you can't give a can't give a three year old uh, truffles anyway. He's like, oh no, no, I'm just joking. I made this whole thing up. Uh, brushes his head. See you all. Let's go, Greyhounds. Higgins opens the box. Uh, they're pink, so he says, maybe. Well, maybe your silly place full and mysterious. And then we go to the locker room. Ted's hands are in his pockets again. Looks at Roy's locker. Jersey's still up. Looks around. No Roy. 
everybody else is kind of getting in the game. I mean, I was practice uh, training. All right, fellas, listen up. Uh, Beard comes back. Uh, Nate comes back, apologizes for a dream and uh, ignoring him. I know now's about the best time, but uh, I had this dream. I was a bird uh, pecking you or something like a crow trying to get those rocks in a jar or whatever. He says, okay, we're good. Just, you know, apologize to me in the dreams. Uh, okay. And uh, say, okay, we got a match coming up. Uh, and then Roy comes in. Excuse me, sir, I'm late. Uh, uh, we had a toothbrush uh, discovery. What kind of toothbrush you keep in your knife stand. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, my niece found it, so... And I said, holy, what in the Theus Stilton is this? Uh, and everybody acts like, been there. Oh, Beard says, uh, and Roy says, can I say something? Puts on the blue, uh, like a second team jersey. And he says, second team's going to win today. And that's when uh, kind of order is restored in some sense. Ted laughs. Uh, everybody laughs. They're joking around. Finish getting ready. We'll settle this on the pitch. Let's go. People point around. Uh, Ted claps Beard's back. Danny jumps up and down. People are putting their boots on. And uh, there isn't a zoom. Oh, I guess it is slow, slow zoom in. Yeah, it's zooming still. Tell you if it stops. Uh, Still very slow zoom. It may have stopped zooming. No, still zooming. Very, very slow zoom towards Believe. Uh, is it still zooming? That's a good question. I can't tell. Um, if I had a... Me- no, I think it is still slowly, slowly zooming. Great effect, actually, because it's such a slow zoom. And uh, Ted pushes the beard out of the office. Royce last to leave. Oh, wow. Holy mackerel. Oh, my gosh. Uh, again, why- you got to watch the whole thing, man. Roy touches the uh, believe sign. I did not. That's the first time I'm not kidding. I saw that. So I offer my apology for uh, not paying better attention. Uh, but yeah, I'm here to pay attention and uh, put you to sleep. Uh, good night, everybody.